You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit Partnernomics.com. Welcome back to another episode of Partnernomics Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Brigman. And on today's episode, we have Suresh with us. So uh, Suresh May has a real, real strong, real deep background in technologies, uh, working as, and then interfacing with a lot of different systems integrators, a lot of good technology and partnering knowledge that we're going to be able to, to dig into. So Suresh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having me on your show. So Suresh, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to just kind of have you start with, uh, give us some background on your career. I mean, how did you how did you get your start into the professional world, and then how did you make your way to partnering? Okay, so before I start on my professional background, I would just take a minute to tell you what I have done from my academic uh, knowledge. I have done my engineering and I have done my masters in business administration, and I got into IT field almost twenty years back and. Predominantly, it's in customer-facing roles and as well as the partner-facing roles. So I come from both world of knowing what exactly the customers expects on the ground and as well as what a partner expects from the principal organization. The other interesting aspect of my professional experience is I work with both System integrators are the partner organization as well as the principal organizations. In the past, I have worked with some of the principal organizations like Computer Associates, Informatica, SAP, and currently with Cloudera. With partner or the system integrators, it's like Wipro and Accenture in the past, I've spent a good amount of time. That's my academic background. If I have to summarize it, uh, it's combination of direct sales, partner and alliance management, business development, channel sales, that's what I have done. From the technology perspective, it's predominantly on-premise till three and a half years back, out of this 20, almost 17 years on on-premise solutions or applications like solutions, but last three years predominantly on cloud and cloud enabled solution is what I am associated with in the market. So Suresh, uh, you're now the director leading channel partnerships for Cloudera. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the company and what you guys provide? Sure. So in, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, if I have to express what Cloudera is, we call ourselves as an enterprise data cloud company. There is a lot of discussions going on that everybody moves into cloud, which is a latest buzz, but there are a lot of workload which can't get onto a cloud in a span of one week or a one month. For organizations, there are a lot of challenges that are restrictions that they need to maintain their data on-premise. So as an organization, Cloudera provides solutions for both on-premise as well as the cloud infrastructures. 
and if somebody has got different cloud infrastructure not a single cloud provider that's where cloudera comes and plays a big role probably i would say we are the monopoly and if i have to summarize cloudera offering in four words it is hybrid then it is security and governance across different infrastructure open and multiple data services these are the four broad areas where cloudera differentiates ourselves and we are a large organization spread across the globe almost like 2000 plus large strategic customers that what we have they use our subscriptions and services for managing their entire data life cycle so suresh you're you know as the director of channels and, and alliances what types of partnerships are you forming and just kind of give us give us a sense of what it's like to to be in the shoes of suresh for for a day or for a week what are the types of partnerships and the types of companies that you're working with okay see from the organization perspective there would be broadly two kinds of partnerships and alliances would be there one is the people who would like to make money out of implementing the solutions that you have it in your kitty they are typically your system integrators or service providers you would be providing the software the partner would be implementing them or servicing them and helping customers to deploy it that's where he will make the money so that's a system integrator there is the other broad category of partnership which is a technology partnerships where there are other oems or people who are in similar space but these two can get in and become a good option to the customer to deploy it together it could be some of the partners that we work on the technology space or ibm dell or amazon or google so these are some of the players with whom we complement and we provide a joint solutions the system integrators are some of the large uh, organizations like accenture wipro tcs atos these are some of the large system integrators with whom we work so this is the kind of partnerships that we manage and and that's the role that i carry in cloudera so suresh whenever you you know with your partnerships with the likes of aws and google and and some of those organizations what are the types of technologies or solutions that that you're able to put together to offer to customers through those partnerships okay so uh see this is this is something uh, very unique with this uh, uh public cloud vendors they help us to complement their solutions but also there are areas that we compete so that's the beauty and the challenge of my job wherein there are situations where we compete with each other we provide a similar kind of solutions but there are places where we can make use of some good things about the aws or a google and there are a lot of good stuff from cloudera which can be 
a wonderful solution to the customer. So if I have to give you an example, if somebody is looking at the infrastructure from uh, on-premise and cloud, wherein he needs to have an infrastructure for both the on-premise and the cloud, we can come and play a role and we can be a connecting piece or the horizontal piece and somebody wants to take cloud infrastructure, you can go to AWS. Somebody wants to look at on-premise infrastructure, you can look at Dell or an IBM, but who is going to type this? That would be the cloud era. And some of the services that what we provide, it could be a machine learning, or it could be uh, just the data ingestion piece, or it could be a data warehouse. All those things would come from a cloud era. But again, that's a competing space for us and as well as an AWS or any of those uh, uh, hyperscalers. So there is conflict and there is a complementing in these vendors. So that's the beauty that brings the importance to my role and my job in the organization. Yeah, Suresh, you just hit on a topic that uh, that is absolutely fascinating to me and that is partnering with a competitor. You know, so many times people think and you know, whenever they're, they're looking at the landscape of potential partners, if they see that another organization, another company is a competitor to them, they immediately disqualify them as a potential partner. But I, I love how there are so many different examples of, of how companies who are competitors in certain solutions and certain markets how they also join forces and become, you know, great and very strategic partners for each other. Uh, look no further than like an Apple and a Microsoft. They absolutely go head to head, but then they're also very strategic partners for each other. Suresh, I'd love to just pick your brain for a minute and have you talk about, you know, what are some of your success practices? What are some of your insights that you could share with us um, about how to manage, how, how to manage, and also how to just even start those conversations uh, of being able to partner with a competitor. Okay, so let's see, conflict management is one of the, I would say, very, very important uh, uh, part of this partner management, whether with a competition or with a normal partner, because in a normal partnership also, you will have it, uh, I will come to your question, but in a normal partnership, when I have three vendors, who can do the service? So who do I go with? I can't just say that I will go with A or I will not go with B or I will not go with C. So you have to manage those conflicts and it will become more predominant when you have to work with a competition which is in the market. So the best way that I have dealt through is pick up the best areas, which is not a conflicting for both the organization, where you are strong and where he is strong. And from long-term perspective, anything can happen. Your organization can buy his organization, his organization can buy your organization, anything have, could happen. But at this moment, we are strong in a particular, I, he can provide the infrastructure. Whereas I can bring in a governance and security and a horizontal layer that his infrastructure can work with 
other vendors also so you need to identify which are the core strengths of each of these organization and take it from there yeah love that love that approach suresh i'd like for you to talk to us a little bit so you you have a strong background in in channel and a lot of times you know in, in channel we're focused on the sales side on the revenue side of making that happen i'd like to just peel the onion with you a little bit and talk about you know we have sales and direct sales that is the the revenue engine for our company but then we also whenever we decide to leverage the power partnership from a from a channel sales perspective we have this indirect route uh, to leverage those relationships and stand up and to manage a partnering program. Talk to us a little bit about the difference, you know, between those. I mean, how is how is the skill set even different between sales and uh, channel sales management? Talk to us a little bit about that. Okay, so I have done both, so I can understand the challenges and the positive in both aspects. If I have to talk about direct sales, I would say this entire thing is under your control. So you know whether you are getting this deal, whether you are not getting this deal because you are in front of the customers. You are the boss of your fortune there. You know what is the linearity of your projection you know what is that you are forecasting and what is that you can build so all the aspects are under your control the drawback of a direct sale is you will not be able to expand or you will not be able to reach beyond certain limit as as a as a human or as an individual you can talk to 10 people or you can expand it to 20 people but beyond that it is very difficult the destiny is in your hands, but you can't grow it beyond certain level in a direct sales. Whereas in a channel sales, it's slightly opposite of it. You don't have control of what is going to come to you because you are dependent on someone who is not part of your direct reporting. He is part of a different organization. You are trusting him. You are thinking that he is getting you the business, but there could be so many unknown factors where he might be doing mistakes, which you don't have the control. You can't have the complete control on the linearity or the forecasting or what are the activities that is required to build. Whereas from the reach perspective, you will have more people on the ground, more legs to cover your solution, more people to do the marketing activity for you. So both has plus and minus. That's the reason a lot of organizations where I work, they adopt both strategy. They also have direct, they also have a channel. The direct would be predominantly for a large deals. For example, that I will pick top 20 accounts in a particular vertical or a particular geography where I will be present on my own. I may use channels support or partner support, but I control the entire activity in this top 20 accounts. And this would be essentially a large multi-million dollar deal. Whereas channels, I would like to go with a medium size opportunities 
and spread it with partners. Instead of 20, I would like to have 200 opportunities of mid-size driven through a channel. So that's how I have gone through and it has given success in my career. So Suresh, I wanna ask you another question. So what kind of advice would you share with professionals to really set themselves up for success as they're going as they're going to leverage the channel. You know, I know that uh, there's different companies that make sure they have good education, some, you know, to to let their channel partners know how to market, how to message, how to communicate with uh, prospects. There's also some companies that use certification programs where they uh, literally have uh, their partners get certified on their different solutions before they're even authorized to sell those. I'd like to have you share your, uh, you know, your insights around ways that companies can really set themselves up for success. Sure. Before I talk about success, just I want to caveat with something which I've learned in last 20 years, which is what's in it for each party when they're getting into a partnership or an agreement to do business together. Whether he's going to make more revenue by selling your product or whether he's looking at making more services with your solution or is he looking at growing his footprint or covering more geographies or getting into a vertical. So unless you have that agreed and known about the other party, the relationship will be always be dicey. So whatever that we do, it, it could happen with any of your relationship, even with your wife or with your kids or with your friend, unless you are very clear what's in it for each other in anything that you are doing together, it can't be a success. So that's, that's the mantra that I have in any of these partners and channels relationship that I get into. The import, coming to your question, the important thing that you need to have when you have to be successful in the channels business is you need to have first and the foremost is the right kind of an executive sponsorship from both the organization. You need, it, it, it has to be driven top down. You need to have the at least the C-level executives in both the organization agreeing that we are going to do business together and this is what we want to achieve. And you need to have, I would say, a business plan and a GTM, which is clearly written, agreed, debated, and which is kind of open for regular review and cadence calls. So you need to have a business plan and you need to have a regular cadence along with right set of stakeholders or the executive sponsor. And also you, there will be always a chances that as a OEM, you will not be working with only one partner. Also it is true with a partner that as an SI or a partner or a technology partner is not working with only another OEM. So it is always good to have that clarity in terms of understanding each other's strength, what we want from each other, and where do we go? So if I have to take an example of myself, 
when i have to work with top five system integrators i need to be clear where which system integrator that i will go with for americas for apac for emia for latam which is the partner that i want to go with does that geography makes sense for that partner also does he interested is he interested in particular verticals healthcare or a bfsi or a retail or i want him in a particular vertical so you we have to be very clear in and we have to be in alignment in terms of what is each other strength it could be a geography whether it could be a vertical or it it could be various other parameters also unless you have that clarity in mind or clarity in both organization it is very difficult so when we do business plan in the beginning if you have all these points jotted down agreed have the executive sponsors on the board is going to help you to grow your channels and channels business definitely yeah suresh i love that i i couldn't agree more absolutely have to have the executive sponsor the commitment from the top that is is really championing uh this strategy and believes in this particular partnering initiative or even this specific partner uh for for the company and then start with a plan <laughs> you yep. have to understand what success is and that plan is what allows everybody to get on the same page of music as we say you you have to have that solid plan to understand what are we doing why are we doing it how are we doing it how how do we define success what are the intended outcomes lay all that stuff out in the beginning that is definitely a, a practice that that we teach and preach uh, as well so i'd love to hear that from you as well uh suresh i have one last uh, question for you or one last way that i'd like to pull some more insights from you and that is you know you have a deep history of of working with these um big sis and um even from both sides of the fence so to speak i'd like to just have you share your insights uh to those different partnering professionals who are looking to or they want to partner with a big SI what kind of advice would you give to him or her as as they're looking to reach out and to start to have those conversations with the big uh, those systems integrators those those conversations what should their approach be what should they be thinking how should they prepare what is the way to set yourself for success to approach a big SI sure so i would i would put this in very simple single word trust you need to build trust with the partner that you are working with there will be challenges there will be difficulties when you are working with a partner with a system integrator there could be some instances where you have to say no but if you can build that trust with him or have that transparency with him why you can't do this or why it can't be done for you i think in those tactical moments people may feel bad but in a long run alliance and relationship partnerships is a strategic one it is not a tactical one where you are doing one transaction and you are stopping there it has to be a long term activity and a long term goal and you need to have that trust and transparency whenever that you are communicating 
So that's the first thing that I would like to say. Second, always have seen myself as a partner advocate inside my organization. When you have direct sales, it's, it's a common thing in every organization today that you have direct sales and channel sales and direct sales, it's a human tendency that people say, my partner is not doing anything for me. He is just using me. He is just growing because I am doing all the hard work. If you go to the partner, he says, you are not helping me in any way. I have to do everything for you. I could have done for some other OEM instead of you, I could have grown better. So that, that kind of a messaging will be always there. You need to know how do you balance. And if I always believed that I will be the partner advocate inside my organization, I will, I will work and I will strive for the success of a partner in my organization. The account guy always thinks if I involve a partner, I may lose 10% of my discount. Why should I involve a partner? That is not how I look at it. If I involve a partner for his contribution and he can get that 10%, he can help me to get more number of opportunities, more number of business. He can be a brand ambassador for me across a different geography. So two things, one is trust, second is act as a partner advocate inside your organization. Strive for the success of your partner. These are the few things that I would say make you a success in partner management role. Man, great advice. Great advice, Ras. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to uh, share some insights with us. And it'll be fun to watch you and the team continue to, to build Cloud Air. You guys are doing some great things. It'll be fun to watch. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Partnernomics podcast is brought to you by Partnernomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnernomics podcast, visit partnernomics.com.